Hello, and welcome to the Community Mennonite Church Podcast. This week's sermon is by Pastor Jennifer Davis Sensenig. Jerusalem. 
And with respect to this city, Jesus had this raw, gnawing hunger, this instinctive, mothering love and irrepressible care. Jesus says, Jerusalem, how often I've desired to gather your children together like a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you weren't willing. My, my friend uh, Beth is a pastor over here at First Church of the Brethren, she, which used to worship in this very space, First Church of the Brethren did. Um, she and her husband have chickens on their farm, and they've hatched out a lot of chicks in the last several years. She was telling me that they have had a fox on their place that has killed some of their hens. And she described the hen who literally spreads her wings over her chicks when the fox arrives. Sometimes the hen doesn't make it. The fox kills the hen. And Beth has found in her chicken yard that hen, wings extended on either side in the shape of a cross. And sometimes beneath that hen who has sacrificed her own life are the chicks whose lives were saved. When Jesus speaks about Jerusalem, it's as if he's embodying all of God's attempts throughout Israel's long history to woo back a faithless people, to rescue the erring child, to restore the lover in covenant partnership. Jesus is saying that he's like this mother hen caring for chicks gathering the children together. This divine passion for people gives Jesus a clarity and a purpose in his mission, even when he's threatened with death. Don't you love that response that he makes to the Pharisees? I've got business. I've got a calendar already. I'm casting out demons. I'm healing disease. I'm bringing peace to bodies and minds. That's, that's on my calendar for today and tomorrow. Jesus knows his mission. If there was a no trespassing sign in Herod's territory, Jesus just ignored it. He had people to free in this territory, people to heal, and not even death would reroute him. Jesus was headed to the Jerusalem temple, that place of prayer for all nations, Jew and Gentile. He was headed there to seek God's face and seek peace together with people from every nation. In some ways, this passion for Jerusalem seems strange to us, but in Jesus' day, all Jews were pro-Jerusalem, who were all on the Jerusalem team. Even if they saw the temple system becoming corrupt, even if they were estranged from the temple because they were unclean or couldn't afford the ritual sacrifices, Jerusalem was in their blood, in their scriptures, in their prayers and their rituals. They, they had competing visions for Jerusalem. Some Jewish leaders wanted to lie down and play dead so that Jerusalem and Jews in general wouldn't be seen as subversive or threatening to Rome with this loyalty they had to one God. Some Jewish leaders thought that, you know, maybe they could play ball with the big boys and they wanted to negotiate their own uh, position within the imperial hierarchy. I don't know, maybe that's how I would describe Herod. Jesus believed 
that the times were changing, that God's time for all time had come. Jesus was on this jubilee calendar. So he preached and taught and healed people and cast out demons without fear. He brought together former tax collectors and former zealots who, whose ideologies were irreconcilable, put them on the same team. He blessed children and women and poor people as signs that the moral priorities of the prophets and the law were still in effect, still worth struggle and sacrifice, even under the adverse conditions of Roman occupation. And and Jesus did not manipulate folks or force his mission down anyone's throat. So if anyone tries to do that, it ain't Jesus. Jesus kind of teased people with these parables and these miraculous surprises. He, he feeds a crowd. He raises someone from the dead. He touches people who were disgusting. He heals people who don't deserve it. Jesus forgives people who are just unforgivable. The, his, whole, his whole program is, is kind of this design for a nonviolent future for his team, his nation, his city of Jerusalem. And he believed that all the nations of the world would benefit. Of course, not everybody welcomed Jesus or shared his passion or joined his team. Plenty of people were just indifferent. That's kind of how it is today, right? Have you noticed that not everybody is so into Jesus? <laughs> I mean, some of us are. That's probably why you're here. But not everybody is laying down the life and the rules dictated by society to pursue the life Jesus offers. But if you're with Jesus today, or even if you're just kind of curious about Jesus, or you're just kind of hanging with some of these Jesus-type people, I gotta be honest, it's right here in scripture, you're going to face opposition, Jesus did. I hope it's not death threats, but there's opposition. Uh, when I read the New Testament, I sometimes get in this trap of thinking about the Pharisees as Jesus' uh, opponents, as if they just really didn't like his message about the, the kingdom of God and forgiveness and justice and peace. That's probably a cheap misunderstanding of the Pharisees. In Luke 13, the Pharisees warn Jesus about Herod. Maybe they're allies. I recently heard um, Dr. David Anderson Hooker speaking about white folks working to dismantle racism and other oppressions. And he said, I don't want allies. I don't want white allies. I don't want someone with the, with the largesse to care about me even if I don't necessarily matter to them. Dr. Hooker said that rather than allies, he wanted friends, the kind of friends of whom Jesus spoke, laying down life for one another. Now these Pharisees, they weren't hunting Jesus down to kill him, but they weren't friends either. When it was a matter of life and death, in this scripture, Jesus uses another metaphor besides friendship, which is, they're both powerful. When the, when the predator fox is hungry, Jesus is the mother hen 
whose genetic self-interest is bound to that of her chicks. It is literally in her blood to gather her brood, to share their cause, to save their lives, even if it means sacrificing her own. This is the picture of Christ's passion for all of us. Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. I suppose the Pharisees could be lying. I don't know, some commentators speculate about that. But I think these allies knew, and then Jesus knew, that the end he anticipated was now upon him. People were out to kill him. People as powerful as Herod. Herod wanted to destroy this, this whole program of love on the ground. Herod had already killed John the Baptist, and now he was after Jesus of Nazareth. Herod, that fox. We love how the scriptures speak to one another, and perhaps Psalm 27 speaks to a moment like this. Maybe it was one that Jesus prayed after turning his face toward Jerusalem, after hearing Herod's threat. We might pray this psalm, too, when we face serious <coughs> opposition. It's so inspiring, Psalm 27. Thank you for that beautiful reading. It has these images of, of light and beauty and joy and melody. The very face of God. We're left to imagine the face of God. But there's also this, this level path. There's so much comfort and confidence in this psalm. And yet, I don't know if you noticed, but it's also chock full of antagonists. There are evildoers, there are adversaries, there's an opposing army, enemies, false witnesses. It's not paranoia if the world really is against you. This psalm helps us process fear by naming people. I didn't even mention those who, those who breathe out violence, those who are like the whole purpose of Psalm 27 is to name and then unhook from our fear and listen to our heart so that we can live with courage in the light of God. Come, my heart says, seek God's face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Not now. Not when everything's on the line. The expectation of the psalmist is that we will see God's face in our daily lives. I don't know if we have the same expectation, but that's one of the reasons I pray Psalm 27. That's what Jesus expected. To see the face of God in Jerusalem. To inquire in God's temple. Surrounded by a host of evil powers, the psalmist has this almost irrational confidence in God. Or maybe that's faith. Believing God, even when we're threatened. And maybe that's why Jesus is so resolute in his ministry of love on the ground. Whom shall we fear? Nobody, says Jesus. Friends, the life of ministry to which we are called individually and as a church is not easy. There's opposition that we face. 
Maybe there's somebody at your school or maybe there's somebody at your workplace who treats you as less than you are in Christ. Someone may tempt you to manipulate people or compromise your values. That's opposition. There are systemic forces opposing every effort we make to carry out the ministry of Jesus in our day. But as Community Mennonite Church, we have Jesus in our bloodstream. We have some of the same hunger and love and care that he had for Jerusalem and all nations. We share Jesus' passion for bringing healing and hope to people. This morning, I'm not, I'm not bringing some big call to action nor am I going to you know, call out some individual Herod who opposes CMC or your individual ministry. The gospel message is to continue in ministry today and tomorrow until we finish our work. And if our path is through Herod's territory, whom shall we fear? Nobody. I look at this congregation and I am inspired by your lives and your places of ministry. You know, I think of the leader creating a path for others under institutional and financial pressures. I think of the parent daily reestablishing a Christ-centered home of love amid the challenges from within the home and outside the home. I see the volunteer who offers healing and hope week in and week out. Even when our systems of providing service are imperfect and some people are still forgotten or neglected. I see the business persons, the artists, the builders, the caregivers. You, all of you, are images of light and beauty, joy, and melody, the very face of God. All of us face opposition to living the life God has given us. God's word today is twofold. Listen, when we're threatened, we can share the passion of Jesus and remain resolute in our path of life in ministry. And listen, both Jesus and the psalmist invite us to take shelter, to seek protection, because we're the chickens, not the hen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Mennonite Church podcast. Our theme music is a setting of John Wesley's text, Jesus, I Believe You're Near, composed by Matt Carlson. Jeremy Nafziger arranged it for strings. To learn more about our congregation or to plan a visit, please check out our website at cmcva.org.